and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foote. Welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studio, oh man, from the raucous home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where tonight we will be recapping the week that was in the NBA and college hoops. The NBA is back in action following the All-Star break, and we give you the hoops expertise. Expertise. In all things Bulls and all things Cavs. We are also going through college hoops. Local teams are winding up their season. We're going to talk a thrilling Loyola uh, matchup against Northern Iowa. We're going to be talking to Paul Northwestern. Those were not thrilling uh, uh, conclusions. And we're also going to talk U of I. We're also going to recommend in our I recommend section a movie, a film, a book, or uh, a painting, or a picture, or anything, a, a style of table that we enjoy. Uh, and we will recommend plenty of styles of tables. Oh, <laughs> you want table expertise? Come to Table Bags, which is through uh, earthy guys uh, like us. Yep. Tons to say about tables. So much. Antique tables, 19th century tables, Russian uh, architecture. I mean, you name it. We'll recommend that. Well, we won't be recommending tables tonight. How do we get on that uh, subject? I don't know. Finally, uh, I will bless the listeners with my total immersions into Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time. I have three deep dives. Three? Musical. Yeah, three. I, meant to I thought say. you said two. Wow. Two and then, Excitement. But you know what? Bonus. Crackling. Yes. Yes. This is a exciting <laughs> time for Jag Bags listeners. Before we get going, uh, Len, were you aware that this is going to be our 99th episode of Jack. Wow. 99th episode. And so we're coming up on the big 100. I didn't know. That's great. Yep. I didn't know either until I just looked today. Uh, marketing department let us down on that one. I'll have to speak to, but we can be forgiven as we were at Liquor Box for half the week celebrating our record week of listeners. We want to thank you, Jagbag listeners, for tuning in and making us probably the number one rated podcast for middle-aged people living in the north and west suburbs of Illinois who like sports and music and tables. So thank you for tuning in and giving us your ears. We really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, Let's let's uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, let's talk NBA. Uh, I think the Bulls. Well, the Bulls played great against the Hawks. I thought. Yep. Um, and then ran into a buzzsaw a bit against uh, the Grizzlies, but I think that's more. Uh, I think that's more John Morant. He went crazy. 
Yeah, considering <laughs> and the Bulls played almost, better and the Bulls almost, after playing great against the Bulls, he played better the next game. So right, and the Bulls almost pulled that out. Yeah, that's the thought, one thing. they had no shot at that game. And they almost the one thing that got me mad in that game. Eleven seconds left. Yep. Instead of going for a three, they throw it into DeRozan, who drives against three guys and loses the ball, and then gets kicked out of the game. Yeah, it's like uh, why you why shoot a three? Yep, I didn't understand that strategy at all. Yes, he's 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 your closer this year, and he's been great. But you're down three. Shoot a three. It was. A, I wondered if it was like a you know try and get a quick two foul, and then and then yeah, but I don't like doing in the NBA. No, college is different. College, you have a much better chance of a guy missing a free throw. Mm. There's not a lot of shacks at the free throw line in the NBA these days. It's like, okay, so you make a two, you're up one. I mean, I don't like that strategy. Not with 11 seconds left. Because right. if you miss the three with 11 seconds left, you could still get the rebound and still get another three. But if you make a two and then a couple seconds go off, the other team gets the ball, you get the ball, and then you foul them, they make two, I don't know. Maybe, but it's just I, – I don't know. You were uh, – you, you've sent a note to uh, Billy Donovan to express your displeasure with the play calling there. Levine was uh, three for three uh, that game, and Kobe White was in the game too as well on that – for that last – on that last position. Yeah, Kobe White and Levine were only two guys who really played well that game. Yeah. They kept us in that game. White played great. DeRozan didn't play well. He didn't play well yesterday either. And what's weird about the Heat is we look terrible against the Heat. Yeah. And the Heat, are they basically have the same record as us. They have maybe two more wins. Yep. So you just want the Bulls coaching staff, okay, go look at what other teams have done to beat the Heat because we can never – solve their defense. It's like we're a completely different team against them. We look like a lottery team against the Heat. There's got to be something that the Heat do on defense that we have to fix that. We have to figure that out before the playoffs start if we get to the point where we play them. Because it's it's almost embarrassing. I feel like the Heat are always going to play great D and I, I feel to beat them, you've really got to turn the, turn up the screws defensively uh, against them. That guy, that guy, that guy, Vincent, that guy, Vincent, uh, they couldn't, they couldn't stop him. And uh, so if they see him in the playoffs, first of all, they'll have, um, they'll have ball and Caruso healthy. So hopefully that will help with the D. Um, another thing is, I don't, I don't, but I feel like the heat always, we only, we scored under a hundred points against them. I think our offense is more of an issue. So I'm saying we got to figure out how to attack their defense better. Cause it never, it doesn't work against them. We lost all three games against them. the other teams. Like we, we haven't played well against any of the top teams, I guess. 
but at least like the 76ers games we lost were we were in those games. The Heat just seemed to beat us pretty easily. That's the frustrating part. And it's not like the Heat have more talent than us. They have two all-stars. They have Butler and Bam are good. Yeah. But the rest of their team is is guys who can shoot, but they're not like superstars or anything. I mean, Hero, I guess, is pretty talented, but he's up and down. We have Levine DeRozan, Vukovic. We 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 match them talent-wise. Right. We're getting out coached against them, I think. Um, ooh, out coached. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I like Billy Donovan, but something that he can't he can't figure out the heat. Yeah. And they're not world beaters, they're not undefeated the record's the same as ours that's why i kept thinking last night like why are we so bad against them i think it was i think DeRozan has got to figure out that if his shot isn't going you know you know he can get others more involved i didn't feel and i think that's a thing with him overall like he's he gets it in his mind you know i'm gonna back this down or get to my spots and hit my mid-range and I mean, he's, he's impossible to stop. He's got it going, but uh, if for whatever reason, he, and he didn't, I didn't think he played that bad last night. Um, he wasn't dominant, um, but I didn't, I felt like. Well, I didn't think it was a good game. I wouldn't say he played terribly, but. He just wasn't, we've been, we've been used to him scoring 35 or more. No. Yeah, I know. But. Uh, just as a whole, they gotta they gotta figure this out. Right. It shouldn't be that bad. It's not like like I said, it's not a huge talent gap. It's not anything like that. It's something we should be able to fix. And the other thing that I would have suggested for Billy Donovan is put Thomas in because that's what they needed. And Probably both games they lost, Memphis and Miami. Put him out there. Maybe he gets some threes. Because Troy Brown Jr. is not a good shooter. I don't. He's like the one player in the Bulls, though. I, I don't think he's a very good player. And I think they got mad at Thomas one game. He had a, he had one a couple of weeks ago where he did not play well at all. And since then, he's getting nothing. Yeah. But they need another three-point shooter out there. Someone who can stretch the D. Yeah, because they're not they're not doing that, and uh, I think he would have helped. They've got Atlanta uh, on Thursday, and then the Bucks on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big game at home, and then after yeah. that, and then Monday they have the Sixers in Philly. Yeah, I mean this is it. This is it. Those are um, those are two out of those three. And Atlanta, I mean, I keep waiting for Atlanta to wake up, but maybe they won't. Um, so is Atlanta is that game in Atlanta or is it here? It's in Atlanta, yeah. Yeah, that might be a hard one. All I, I watched the the game where they beat Atlanta, and they the Bulls D I thought did great on Trey Young. They did. He, he had an awful game. And Iowa awesome. played great. Iowa was terrific. And then I like yesterday, and I love Iowa, so I'm not going to complain too much about him. But yesterday, he kept getting lost on picks. Yep. 
And the Memphis game, every single guy in the Bulls, they couldn't get around. They basically got beaten by two guys. They got beaten by Adams setting picks for Morant. That was the whole game. Yep. It's like you got to be able to just throw three guys at them. Make somebody else beat you. That would have been – yeah, I don't understand, like, the, you know, the reluctance to, like, triple team a guy, especially a guy like Moran who's killing you. Um, yeah, just run run three guys out there. Make – and their best shooter, like, Bain is a really good three-point shooter for Memphis. He wasn't hitting. Yeah. Make them make some shots. You're getting beaten on the same play every time. So not a, not a good weekend for Billy Donovan's coaching, in my opinion. Oh man, <laughs> feeling the heat from Jag bags. We are we are ratcheting up the pressure. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Uh, well, I, I mean, they don't play till Thursday, so we got some practice time. Figure some stuff out. Yep, get a little sharper. What? Uh, what did did Cleveland win yesterday? They lost an, another winnable game. They lost uh, um, to the T, to the T Wolves, who are pretty good. T Wolves are pretty good. That's not an easy game, but they lost to the Pistons, who are bad. I know that was that was a game they should have won. And the game they won didn't the game they won. They only scored I think ninety six points or something. So they've had a rough stretch too. They their defense against they beat it was the Wizards and their defense was awesome. And I was like, okay, that's great because that's what they have to do. That's what they were doing for a while, especially at the beginning of the season. They were holding teams to under a hundred points. And with Garland out now. What what did Garland do? It's his How back. Hurt? His back. Hurt his has, back. Yeah, his back has been bugging him. <laughs> so they don't have so they don't have their starting backcourt. They traded for Rondo. Now Rondo Rondo got hurt against the Pistons. Um, so the injuries continue to who's playing point guard? Uh, they have this little guy named Brandon Goodwin, who I like. I like Goodwin. Um, he had um, he had twelve assists against uh, Minnesota. Um, Every time they put him in there, he—I mean, he's a tiny little guy. Um, but every time they put him in there, he's—he's he's produced, and he's tough. I like—I like what he brings. I mean, defensively, you can kind of—you can kind of, you know, have your way with him. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. They gave up 127 points against yeah. the Timberwolves. I mean, you're just not gonna—that's tough to win, especially if you have your leading scorer, you know, out. So. But to me, what's most concerning is the D. The defense lately has been pretty porous. Um, they gave up 124 against Atlanta. Um, you know, they gave up uh, a couple of bad losses to the Pistons and the Rockets. They gave up 115 points. I mean, you just you've got to they've got to get back to their winning or to their defensive ways because you know, especially if they if they don't have the firepower. The offensive firepower. So they just need to hang their head on that. Um, the other uh, thing is that uh, Sexton may be back in April. 
So if that's true, that would be incredible. Yep. That would be a yeah, big yeah. Cause you're really lacking the scoring. That would be a huge shot in the arm. So I'll believe it when I see it because he really tore up his knee and I don't know about rushing him back, but, um, you know, I think that uh, they've lost four out of their last five. So I don't know whether like they've figured out opponents have figured out the Cavs a little bit, um, whether they're a young team and they're kind of hitting the wall. I feel like Allen is up and down. I, I feel like, once he um, once he got snubbed for the All Star game, he started playing really well again. Mm-hmm. And now that um, and now that uh, you know the All Star game is over, I, I I didn't think he played all that great uh, last night against uh, against the Timberwolves. Although that was a game they could have won, and that game was there to win. Um, and so. Yeah, they just uh, they gave up a late three to they lost Carl uh, Anthony Towns, um, and and the Pistons game was also there to win. So these are the especially in the East. I mean, look at the standings; it's crazy. Yeah, you could go from like the Bulls if they <laughs> go on a losing streak. They could go from two to eight. You can go from right home court advantage in the first round of having to play a play in game. Right. Or playing series. So that's yeah. why the focus has to be there. It really is. And it's nothing's going to be easy. Um, you know, head, you know, there's going to be no easy games. Everyone's like, you know, for the Cavs, they were like, oh, their schedule is going to be the easiest. They're going to waltz into the playoffs. Well, no, things change. And, uh, you know, especially if your defense is now all of a sudden lacking. Um, and I think a lot of that is Mobley, and I feel like Mobley's hit a bit of a rookie wall. Um, I think it, it just happens to rookies. Yeah, and you guys have had injuries, and not just playing more, but it's just more pressure too. You feel like you got to do more when your stars are out. Yeah. One last thing before we move on to college. Oh, I got I got a question for you when you're done with this. I got an oh, NBA I've question got a, for you, and I've got a question for you. Okay. So do you want to ask me your question first? We'll finish what you were going to say first. You said before we moved down. My question, I have a question for you. Do you see, I've seen a bit of, especially because Morant went crazy. He had 46 against the Bulls and then he had 52. Um, I forget who he scored that against. Um, but people are San like. San Antonio. San Antonio. And he had a, like a one dunk that was unbelievable. Yeah, on the seven footer. God. Um, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, he's in many ways he's very similar to Derrick Rose." Mm-hmm. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Especially after watching that Memphis game against the Bulls. Well, the way he's playing now, he's that's better than anything Derrick Rose ever did. Yeah. And. But whenever you, <laughs> whenever you think comparison to Derrick Rose, you're like, okay, well, stay healthy. He's that's a, that's a high-flying guy and quickness and everything. You just hope he stays healthy so we can watch him for the next 10 to 15 years. It's a risky style when you just you know, attack the basket that hard. 
um, all the What's time. What's amazing is how he can kind of 360 in the air so quickly. Something like, like a few times where you're like, how did he do that? That one movie he had. Oh my God. <laughs> like, did, yeah. He's, he's fun to watch. So you hope you're hoping he stays healthy. Yeah. That, he doesn't seem like even, even the bulls game where he basically scored all their points. He doesn't seem like a ball hog. He seems like he makes the right plays most of the time. Not that I've seen him play a ton, but when I have seen him play, you don't him see him do stuff and go, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, is uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get this sense of like you're okay. You're trying to play one on five. I don't get that sense from him. No, no, I don't either. And he's on a, the Grizzlies are a good defensive team, so that yep. helps them too because less pressure for him. They've they've uh, they've they're almost uh, they've almost caught uh, Golden State for that second seed. They're really playing well. That well, was Morant. Morant keeps playing like this. They could beat anybody if he's right. going to go crazy like this. That would have been a very big win for the Bulls down in Memphis. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they got blown out by them before, so at least they were in it. It was a nice comeback and everything. Very much so. That would have been an amazing win. No. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my question. It's interesting. They're a fun team. Yeah, my question for you is Harden, where does he, how far do they get with Harden this year? Boy, they've looked great. I mean, they have just looked great. Right. Look at all the chances Harden's had. I know. When he was That's- young and he was on OKC. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the third guy, if that, with Durant and Westbrook. Then the Rockets had pretty good teams. He was the main guy for the Rockets, but they, you know, he had good help, and they never got there. And he, he had some rough closeout games where he just did not play well. Then he gets on the Nets with Durant and Kyrie. And from what I don't know what the story is exactly, but I heard it might <laughs> somebody said it's he just got tired of Kyrie, <laughs> which I could see if that's the real sure. reason. Okay, yeah, but you're, I mean, before I heard that, I was like, why would you leave that team? It's a really good team, you know, probably because it's it's tough. I think when there you have three guys like that, especially. You know, with two guys like Durant and Kyrie who have to have the ball, someone's going to get the short end of the stick. And I feel like Harden was just probably like, why am I the number three guy? That's that's my own feeling. And he, Brian, should, be, he should be the three guy out of those three, though. He's the third best out of those three. And he said Kyrie's and maybe that he just didn't want that. I don't know that Harden's a guy, although he avoided the Sixers look tough. That's going to be a great game, Bulls against the Sixers. Well, what do you, where do you think the Sixers end up? I think they're going to wind up with the one or two seed. I really do. But what do you think will happen in the playoffs? I think they will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who do you think is going to win in the East then? The Cavs, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, it's. I, I think it's tough. I think – you know, you have so who are your superstars? Milwaukee has Giannis. Um, uh, 
the uh, Miami, I mean, they really don't have like the true superstar. Philly has Embiid, who was already playing like a MVP. Mm-hmm. Then they get Harden, who Harden had 16 assists the other night. It was like, a, I mean, crazy. Um, the 76ers got good shooters. And their D is really good. And Maxi's good. Mm-hmm. And Tybal, Matisse Tybal is like a total defensive stopper. Um, they get, Yeah, they have a lot of depth. So they're going to be tough to beat. They are. And I am, don't count out the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, we keep saying this. Um, and they're still kind of floundering. But when Durant gets back, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against them. Yeah. But so I think it's, it's going to be really fun. To me, for the 76ers, they 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 have they need to have Embiid still be the closer. Yep. I hope Harden realizes that because Embiid's great at closing out games. He's the guy who should have the ball, not Harden. I think Harden will. I think Harden is a kind of a team guy. I, he doesn't strike me as a kind of guy who will. I don't know. Also, it depends on how much if they get the calls because they depend on you know, selling contact to the referees and then going to the, going to the free throw line. But yeah, um, but Harden in some of his bad playoff performances, he just would, he'd just be chucking threes. Yeah. I, that's the thing. He's not, he's not a, he's, he's a inconsistent three point shooter. Especially and he, in the playoffs, exactly, and he's never really come through in the playoffs. Um, yeah, so that's I mean, and he's putting pressure on himself because he's he's team hopping. Yeah, so I mean, interesting I, story. I don't blame him for like being in the locker room, and there was one story where like Kyrie was like um, spreading sage around his sacred space in the locker, and then like doing some Native American chants, and Harden was just like. Who is this guy? <laughs> He's not even around for all the games. Yeah. And it'd be great if the 76ers matched up with the Nets early on. That'd be a great series. Yeah. Full of subplots. Yep. Uh, if, and especially if Durant plays. If Durant plays um, and – you know, now they've got Seth Curry and Joe Harris. Those are if Harris is healthy. Those are two great shooters. I don't think Harris might not come back. I thought I read that. Oh, is he out for good? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just don't think Durant's too good to count out. Yep. Um, and I think he's still in his prime. What about the Heat? Do you think they're for real? I want to see the Heat play some team besides the Bulls because <laughs> against the Bulls, they look like the greatest team ever. <laughs> but they're getting beaten by other teams. I just haven't seen them play besides against the Bulls. Yeah. It's it probably, I mean, I think their defense is pretty much always going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of. They're, they have a lot of good shooters, but are they going to be? Are they going to shoot that well when everything tightens up in the playoffs? Like Robinson and Hero, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker's leading the league in three point percentage, which is crazy. And 
the guy you mentioned, who's uh, who's the guy who played well for them yesterday? Uh, Vincent. Vincent and, and Struss. And they've got that one of the remember those two twins uh, for Nevada that uh, Loyola played. Yeah, yeah. The, the story them, they told about that. One of them is on Miami. He's playing pretty good. Did you hear the story they said about that yesterday? No, I didn't. So want the one to twin got cut by Charlotte, and he was working out with rapper J Cole, <laughs> and J. <laughs> J. Cole happens to know somebody for Miami Heat and talked to them about giving this guy a chance. So they gave him a chance. He had a tryout and got on the team. And then recently he just signed a permanent, like a full contract for the whole year. I feel like that's where you and I are going wrong, Len. We need to befriend rappers. (laughs) We try. We try. (laughs) Just hasn't worked out for us yet. I think we're befriending the wrong rappers. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, my my friendship with um, MC Old Man uh, probably isn't my best uh, decision. No. To get on an NBA team. Yeah. The Joe Harris update is there's no real update. This is according to Steve Nash. But he's still fighting the good fight and seeing if he can progress. That doesn't sound good. Wait, what's that? That sounds like he's not making any progress right now. So <laughs> don't count on Joe Harris right now. Not anytime soon. Yeah. You but know, Durant, Durant's getting close, so I think he'll he'll be back for sure. You know, it's but they're the same. I mean, they're in the same boat kind of as the Bulls because they're going to get these guys back and they're going to have to work them in and and figure out how mm-hmm. you want to run everything because you're going to have Durant back. Got to throw Ben Simmons in there, and Kyrie might if they lift all the mandates and everything. Then Kyrie can play every game. It kind of it's not a bad setup for the Nets though, because Kyrie's your point guard. Uh, But he's not even he's he's a scoring point guard, and then you could run the offense through Ben Simmons, and then Durant Durant's your closer. So it's a good setup. Simmons can be great as a number three option because he's not very interested in shooting, even though he can. No, score. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like Kyrie and Durant could take all the shots. Ben Simmons doesn't care about that. No. He'll rebound. He'll play defense. He's a good, you know, great passer. So having those three together, I think the, the chemistry will be good. Right. Unless Ben Simmons doesn't like Sage. Well, that's true. Ben Simmons is also having like back problems now. I think that guy's a serious head case. It's, yeah, it's been, there's <laughs> there's been a lot of odd with some of these NBA guys the past couple of years. Well, Brooklyn plays the Heat on Thursday, so that I bet you that will be nationally televised. Um, they and then they play Philly on Saturday. That'll be a Heat Sixers. That'll be a great game. Yeah, I'm gonna scout the Heat. I'm gonna try to watch that and send Billy Donovan my notes on how to attack the Heat. Yes. Oh man. He will be he will be anxiously awaiting <laughs> after hearing about jag bags. The heat are on fire. I just watched one, two, three, four, five, five out of six, six out of seven, eight out of nine, nine out of the heat have won ten out of their last eleven. 
They're on fire. So the but they've got they got Milwaukee and then Brooklyn and then Philly and then Phoenix. This is a tough schedule. So we're gonna find out about a lot about them in the next week. How many games? What are we at schedule wise? Uh, well, there's how many like, games have been played? Uh, there's probably about twenty more to go. We're coming up on it. I mean, yeah, it'll be pretty much the home, home stretch here. Yeah. I mean, it'll be like this month, and then like the first couple weeks of April, and then playoff time. Yeah. So we're getting up against it. It's not a lot of games. I hope it'd be nice. You know. 10 games for Lonzo, Williams, and Caruso. If we could get 10 games out of them to get ready for the playoffs, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, all right, should we move on to college hoops now? Yeah. Uh, did you Let me say that? real real quick about college. I think the tournament's always great. Mm-hmm. I think this year has the potential to be the best ever. Yeah. Because there's not a standout team. Right. And was it Saturday night or I think it was was it Saturday or Sunday? Seven of the top ten great teams lost. That didn't yeah. have to happen. <laughs> and the top two stayed where they were because there's so many upsets. Amazing. They didn't go down in their ranking. But that yeah, makes incredible. Me- and, and the tournament's my favorite sporting event anyways. I think it's just going to be buzzer beater after buzzer beater this year. Let's hope. It's the talent. The talent level has equaled out so much in Division One. Just watching Missouri Valley, because I've watched a few Loyola games this year. Those are good teams. Yep. Like the Northern Iowa team, they have a pro prospect. That AJ Green guy. But that guy looks terrific. He's like, he's got a lot of confidence. Like, he's not afraid to take on anybody. He can take it to the basket. He can shoot. He's really good from three. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a really good game. Loyola, again, though, with Loyola, I think we said this before, they don't have a closer. They don't have the guy who's going to, they have some good, they have good players, but they don't have, the clutch guy, I don't think. It could be Williamson, but for whatever reason, he doesn't have that takeover gene. No. Um, I did look on ESPN had this thing where they picked who they think is going to win the conference tournament, and they had four guys, and all four of them said Loyal was going to win the conference tournament. But you're like, okay, are you guys watching the games this year, or are you just saying that because Loyal has been in the tournament? And has played well last year and three years ago or four years ago. But it'd be nice. I mean, it'd be nice to get them back in there. Well, they it's were, not going to be easy though, because even their first game, they played Bradley, who beat them recently. I watched that game and I thought Bradley looked great. I was like, and then and then even if they beat Bradley, I think then they'd have to play Northern Iowa again. Yeah, I mean it's and then you got Missouri State and Drake, who are all really good teams. Yeah, I, I think it's a good a good con. Again, they should have at least two teams in, but I don't know if it's going to happen. 
I think their talent level is just as good as, or as close to, maybe not as good, but I don't watch a Missouri Valley game and then watch Big Ten game and be like, oh, no, the Big Ten is far superior. <laughs> I mean, the Big Ten's better, but not way better. Yep. Yep. Because so the greatest the- athletes, they go to the pros or they go overseas or right. they go to the G League. Right. So you don't have these dominant superstar teams. And now everybody, the, the good teams, they can be competitive with all the conferences. No, the so I'm super, super psyched, super psyched for the tournament. I took off Thursday, Friday, Saturday for uh, the opening round because that's always the best. Oh, you're so you're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> you are all set. Yeah. The well, uh, Illini, we haven't mentioned Illini yet. They, I'm glad they beat Michigan. I didn't watch the game, but it seemed like they beat them. They didn't destroy them, but it didn't seem like it was a close game. The Ohio State game. I'm in picking on coaches mode today. The Ohio State game, it felt like their whole offense was, we're just going to throw it into Kofi no matter what. Yeah. And he, he's having a great year. He might he might be player of the year. But if it's not working, you have to do other things. Don't just if, – if their double teams are working on him, try something else. Trust your whole team. Let other guys shoot the ball. And that's what, what was funny was Kofi fouled out. Their coach got ejected. <laughs> and then they went on this run and almost made like this miraculous comeback. <laughs> so hopefully they learn from that. It's like you can't depend on one guy only. And sometimes, you know, when you, uh, you establish yourself as a threat, especially if you're a big guy, and then – you know, when you get so that when you get the ball, the defense collapses on you. And as a big man, you can just kind of pick your port, you know, pick your shooters, whoever's open. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, it's the inside out. It's the old inside out game. And I, yeah, I think it's hurt some of their guys this year. I don't think Frazier's as effective as he was last year. And last year they had Iowa on their team, but I felt like Frazier got more opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then Williams, who's their fifth, I think it's his fifth year on a team. Yeah. Because they got an extra year because of COVID. He's a really good three-point shooter normally, but this year just – because I think he just – when you never touch the ball and then you finally get it, it's it's just not the same. Right. When you're playing with unselfish guys like Io, you're, you're thinking, I could get the ball at any time. I better be ready. If I'm open, I'm going to be ready to shoot it. Right, right. Keep those hands. That's up. not how – and I think they're a good team, but you can't just be big guy dependent. It's kind of like you and I play, you know, where, you know, you've just got to keep your hands up because the ball could come from me at any time, any time. So our game is like a fine-tuned instrument, you know, un, unspoken languages uh, that result in – significant on-court success. Um, 
and that's due to our chemistry. I mean, Shaq and Kobe, uh, you know, Jordan and Pippen, Beav and Len. Those just, you know, just rolls off the tongue. Um, Sorry to derail the conversation, but uh, yeah. Just want to toot our own horn for a bit. Yeah. We're not even on the same team that much, to be honest. I feel like we're on opposite teams a lot. I know. We are not. Um, And we know whose team I'm always on. (laughs) <laughs> the best team. Uh, well, who do, who's your moving back to college hoops? Okay. All right, real quick. Who is your pick to win the Big Ten tournament? You might as well just roll the dice. Whoever's hot right now. I think the hottest team in the Big Ten is Iowa right now. Yeah. They played real well. If you're going by hottest team. Yeah. And the best, I think Purdue still might be the best team. Yep. I think because they have big guys, but they also have Ivy, who's really good, who's mm-hmm. their best player. And he's a closer. So Purdue might be the team that does the best for them in the actual March Madness. But conference tournaments, and Nebraska won recently. Uh, they they've been having a terrible year. They won a game. Yep. I think Ohio State got upset by I think Maryland beat Ohio State pretty easily. And I've talked about Maryland before that they have a talented team and but they just aren't winning. Haven't been able to put it together. So there could be some shocking upsets in there. I think that'll be a fun one to watch too because I've watched a good amount of Big Ten this year. Be nice, Northwestern. I just wish Northwestern could steal a few more wins just to get over, get get to five hundred. The Paul's at five hundred. No, Northwestern. So Paul could stay at five hundred. They could get a postseason bid. Northwestern has completely collapsed. They had a couple. Of, Minnesota loss was the worst one because they got killed by Minnesota, who's not even good. Terrible. And then Iowa stomped them. Was that yesterday? Yep. Or two days ago. Yeah, and then they lost to Penn State. Yeah, those those are bad losses. Terrible losses. Um, and uh, so you know, I, I I don't know, you know, I um, I think probably the whole, a whole an entire year of of coming up short in close games, it'll either make you stronger or just break you. And I think the, the latter happened too. Ten you, but we'll see. Maybe Boo our Bowie and Audij are they both seniors? This is their last year? I believe so. I'm curious what'll happen next year with them going. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I feel like those two guys don't have the best basketball sense. I mean, I it's not like it's not like did, so, but it's not like they're so successful with those two in the backcourt. That's what I'm saying. It's like it. Maybe next year, who knows? We, they might be better with. I mean, I feel like Nance is a uh, good player, and he he seems to make the right decisions all the time. Is he a senior too, though? Are they losing everybody? I believe Nance is a junior, but um, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, I'm sorry, he's a senior. This is it for Pete Nance. Yeah. Um. 
so yeah, I mean, we're going to, they're going to, these uh, underclassmen are going to have to step up. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got this uh, guard, Julian Roper, the second, he's a freshman out of uh, Detroit. And he's been, he's been playing quite a bit. And, um, and the other guy that, that gets time is uh, Casey Simmons. And uh, he's, he's the guy who was really highly rated, but yeah. he hasn't played. He, he hasn't, pl- he didn't play a lot early on in the year. And now they're starting to play him a little bit. Right. But so you're like, the pressures on Collins too is, are you still going to be able to recruit and get these good players? Cause I feel like they got a lot of attention when they made the tournament for the first time. So it's time for them to start playing better so they can keep getting some good talent coming their way or else they're going to get really bad again. Right. It's interesting because they've got four guards, um, you know, and I'm like, who's, who's going to, you know, someone's going to have to sit. Um, they can't all play unless Collins has a plan of like going completely small. Um yeah. I mean, I feel like you only need one big guy these days. That's how basketball is. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at all these uh, and you and it's, it's all guards. <laughs> That's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine players on their squad are listed as guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really only have two guys that are true listed as true centers. Um, so. Well, Young is their post-up guy. Yeah. And Nance is tall, but he he's he's kind of a – he plays like a small forward almost. Yeah, he likes to face the basket. Yeah. But I think, yeah, Loyola's conference tournament starts Friday. Their starts a week before everybody else's. Yeah, that'll be, that'll so. be fun. Probably in two weeks, we can do our tourney picks. Yeah, that'll be good. I think that Purdue is going to come out of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Yeah, even though they're – I feel like the best team doesn't usually win the tournament, though. The conference tournament. The conference tournament, I feel like the team that's a little little bit desperate usually plays better. And Purdue is – Purdue's kind of locked in. I think they're going to get a two seed no matter what. It might be one of the teams in the middle that's trying to improve their seed that wins it. Could be. Could be. Like Ohio State, Michigan State. Boy, Ohio State. Like I said, Iowa because they're surging. Ohio State's got to be just like embarrassed. They're like, oh, we we cannot end our season. <laughs> losing to Nebraska. Got to right the ship. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. I'm always am, but even even more this year. And I feel like a few of the teams this year kept a good amount of guys from last year's tournament. So some of the teams I'll actually know some of the players besides the ones I always follow. Right. Like UCLA, uh, Gonzaga, 
there's there's four or five teams that I'm, I still recognize some of the guys. <laughs> they haven't all gone pro. Yeah. So I'm looking to see. I know DePaul is playing uh, Marquette. Oh, that's tomorrow night. Yeah, I was talking to Eric about Marquette yesterday. I didn't realize they played in the Bucks Stadium. Neither did I. It's humongous. I was like, holy cow, what an atmosphere. And they filled it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. They filled that place. Yep. And, uh, I mean, Marquette's like, okay. Um, But if if I'm a high school basketball player and I walk in there, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, like that's well I mean, to play here. And the uh, the pregame, uh, you know the the hype video that gets everybody all uh, pumped up. I mean, it's got Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder. Um, you know, you really feel the history, and um, it's it's a uh, it's a cool. They have a they have a good little setup. Uh, it's not a little. It's it's Big East basketball. It's, it's nothing little about it. Does Dwayne Wade say I was outplayed by Kirk Heinrich in the Final Four? Yes, he does. <laughs> how did That's I? That's the lose? whole video. <laughs> how did I lose to Heinrich and Nick Collison? You know they had they had Travis Diener. Remember him from that yeah. Final Four team? They brought him out to try and make uh, a half court shot. And like Diener was like a three point specialist. He didn't even come close <laughs> on any of his attempts. He made the pros too. He was briefly in the pros. That's what I thought. And he and, was, uh, he was like, he weighed like 70 pounds. Yeah. He's definitely put on the pounds then. And then later they showed him, they showed him in the stands with his daughter guys like, and he sees the camera on him. He's has a beer and he just like chugs the whole beer. <laughs> <laughs> for the whole camera. And I was like, well, that explains it right there, <laughs> Travis. <laughs> it was a fun time. It was really yeah. fun. Uh, and then they played a, a Bucks game like later that night. That was the, the and that, uh, that uh, Pfizer forum is pretty cool. Cool building. Yeah. yeah it looks, it looks cool. Yeah. Fun. I'm about fun to do day. a Jag bags road trip to a Bucks game. Well, you know, um, the uh, the first round of uh, the tournament is going to be at Pfizer Forum this year. Really? It'll be a Jag Bags road trip to see a first round match. I don't know. I don't know what tickets go for, but probably probably all. They probably go for all. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. How much is it? All. All. What do you have? No, that's not enough. Mm. <laughs> Well, should we uh um, shoe peasants shoe? Yes, that's right. Well, should we do uh, I recommend? Yes, why don't you start? All right. Since it's Oscar season, I finally saw Don't Look Up. Uh and I recommend it. Um uh, I I went in there like ready to hate it. And uh because Adam McKay, for whatever reason, annoys me. And Joe Why, though? What, what annoys you about him? I don't know. He's just like, I, I, I can't put my finger on it. And I'm When really, he talks, like when you see him interviewed or his movies? His movies. He doesn't annoy me. His movies annoy me. And um, even though he did like Anchorman, you know, I don't know. 
I, I can't put a finger on it. Anchorman's the greatest movie ever. It really is. It really is. And uh, and don't look up. I really like. I mean, I recommend it. I thought it. I I laughed a lot. And uh, it made a point. I thought. Yeah, I I don't get. I don't get the backlash. It's still my. I've, I'm up to seven of the ten now. Mm-hmm. And don't look up. Still my favorite of the seven of the yeah of the seven I've seen. It, it has no be, shadow winning though. It might be mine as well. Somebody <laughs> said, somebody said it's smug. I'm like, there is not. What's smug about that movie? Nothing. Some, I, you know, it, it, it. I feel like there were some points where they really like are on the nose. Like the media sucks, you know, and or you know the leadership is awful. Like they were like totally on the nose. Only a couple times. Um, for the most part, they did a great job of showing, not telling. Um, and they skewer their targets. Just it's so great. It's a just a great satire. Um, and just really just sticking it to targets that really could use a um, you know, that um, you know, that that sharp needle. And uh, so that's my only criticism. And the ending, the ending, I thought, I mean, how do you end a movie like that? And, um, you know, I don't want to spoil it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would have ended it differently. I've sent my notes to Adam. I really, that's why I don't like him. He doesn't return my faxes. That's why you say he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he bothers you because yeah, he that's right. doesn't respond to your critiques. I've sent him... I've sent him white trash wedding and a funeral. I say, Adam, here's your next big hit. And uh, no, no, no response. Probably doesn't like my 75 page faxes that I uh, send to him. But um, and the ending, uh, what'd you think of the ending? Without I thought it was good. Giving it away. Yeah. Because it's got the two things you said. I mean, there's two, two things happen. And it's just what you said. It's there's a funny part, and there's a kind of a powerful part. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way I put it. I think. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at Adam McKay movies. I think the only one I didn't like was Vice, because Vice. I remember that got nominated, and I went and saw it, and I was like, "This doesn't." tell me anything about Dick Cheney. Yeah. That movie I thought was not good, but the, I love the big short step brothers, anchorman, the other guys, this is, I mean, great stuff. He's uh, there. Um, he's coming out on March 6th with winning time, which is the story of the magic and Kareem Lakers. With John C. Riley. I'm really looking forward to that. You think so? You think it's going to be good? I'm I'm very uh, excited to see it. I just I don't know. It's hard to make great sports movies. I think. Yeah. When I when I saw it, I was like, "Is this going to be better than a documentary about the Showtime Lakers?" And to me, I don't think it would be. No. Unless they really nail the parts, like whoever plays. Magic or plays worthy and Kareem. Yep. 
Because that's what it is, right? It's that era. Yeah, I think it starts when they draft Magic and and Jerry Buss takes over the Lakers. I mean, John C. Riley, I always like. Yeah. So I'm assuming he'll do a good job. I don't know and anything about that. Who's playing Pat Riley? Ah, uh, great question. Um, oh, your staff just got released from a little. I, I land is pressing a button, and then a door opens with a green light, and a staff member comes scurrying out, dressed in rags, and runs over. Oh, Adrian Brody! <laughs> Adrian, the finest actor ever. See, hello, Adrian Brody. There you go, Brody. There you go. Is it Adrian Brody or is it Joe DeMaria, Joe DeMaria as Adrian Brody? That's the question. You've got to see The Pianist. Uh, That's all I'll say. Yeah, I know. I have to watch it one of these days. Uh, But that that helps, too. Those are two really good actors. But I'll I'll wait a little bit and I'll give it a shot. Oh, oh, (laughs) oh. well, well, Gene Shalit has spoken. (laughs) <laughs> I, I will not see this immediately. I will wait. Yeah, Shallot. Shallot and his, and his fro and his bow Jag bags. Golden listeners are enjoying my amazing pantomime of Gene Shallot's mustache. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. We, we need to move to YouTube immediately because we are being <laughs> robbed. Robbed of this site. <laughs> Before... One more question about don't look up. Who was your favorite today? Uh, I th- that's a great question. That's a great because there's the, the performances were across the board and terrific. I really liked Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. with DiCaprio a close second because yeah, Kate Blanchett's character they made her completely not what you think she would be. Yeah. Yeah, that was really well done. And I think like with the best actors, I forgot that uh, sometimes I forgot that I was watching Kate Blanchett and DiCaprio. Um, And uh, so to me, that's the sign of a great performance. Um, They really become, I, I liked her far more in Don't Look Up than Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Have you seen it yet? I just, I just watched it. So I felt like in Nightmare Alley, she was more of like the classic kind of like femme fatale, which is how that it's that movie. But I think she's better. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just feel she's better in Don't Look Up because in in Nightmare Alley, she's more of like a caricature. Yes. Or like a, a type. Whereas in Don't Look Up, she's playing an actual person. So I preferred her performance there. Since since we're talking about Nightmare Alley, and I just watched it, yeah, I thought the first half was great. Mm-hmm. I loved all the carnival stuff, Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. and just seeing everything they do. Tony Collette, yeah. uh, Strathairn, he's great. I love him and everything. Yep, that part was was riveting. Mm-hmm. But then the second half, it just loses it, and. Kate Blanchett, without giving away the plot, I have no idea why she did anything in that movie. We never got her motives. And then in the end... Not even... I mean, there's one thing that implies something. But to me, it wasn't strong enough. 
And no. Bradley Cooper, same thing. And he's the, he's the main character in the movie. Mm-hmm. You don't really get what's going on with him. And I saw the ending coming a mile away. Right. They were setting that up an hour into the movie. I'm like, something. this is probably what's going to happen. Don't <laughs> and I don't usually try movie. to guess. But in my head, I'm like, okay, I know what's going to They don't happen. talk about that particular, you know, carnival role unless something's going to be done with it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was disappointing because I still liked it. I still say I liked it. I liked it. It's just two halves of a movie. It's like a four-star beginning and then two-and-a-half-star second half. So it's about, you know, three-star movie maybe. What I liked best about it was the way that it was shot. And it was very much like uh, it's a noir kind of movie, which I love noirs. But it also like the just like each shot, it looked like a comic book or like like these like but like a weird comic book Um, is very stylized. And I just thought it was super cool, super cool set pieces, super cool lighting. um, And um, I feel like they didn't with that great cast they had. They kind of blew it. I think it was the, the script was just wasn't there. Because Rooney Mara is, I love her too. And what do you know about her? Nothing really. I I don't feel like the the character um, uh, motivations were. I, so it was, you, you're right. It was very kind of surface movie. Right. They didn't. There's nobody I feel like I was done with. And I was like, yeah, okay. I, I know. I know that person. And maybe you're not meant to. Maybe, but eh, not for me then. Right. All right. What do you recommend? I have two albums. The first, they're both, they both came out last year. One, I don't know if I've talked about this one before. I think I was meaning to, and I just never did. It's, but correct me if you think I did talk about it. It's, sometimes I might be introvert. Little Sims. No, I don't think so. She's a British rapper. And this album was critically acclaimed. Like a top 10 list. Made the Rolling Stone top 50 last year. Mm. And I listened to it again recently. And I looked up some reviews and one thing one of the critics said that stood out for me is there's James Bond theme level orchestration in some of the songs. Ooh. And it just sounds really original. One just the fact that she's a British female rapper. Right. Do you know any British female rappers? I don't. And just the different type of sounds on it. It's it's really good. Really enjoyed it. And the other album that from last year that I've been catching up on is Raise the Roof, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. Oh, yeah. Is that a good record? It's, yeah, I, I had listened to it before and I liked it. I listened to it. Then I listened to it again recently. And I'm like, this is, this is really good. It's sinking in even more. So I'm going to listen to it again. Uh it's, it actually sounds really good at night, which you wouldn't think it's that type of record. But I was I was driving home and listening to some of the songs. Like these really match 
<laughs> matched the night time. I don't know why, but so I really, I really, I really like her voice too. And I, you know, I, and when the, you're listening to this, you're not, you're not even thinking this guy saying Verzeppelin. It's just no. such a totally different thing. Yeah. But they sound, they sound great together from the first album that they did. Yeah. Um, together. I haven't heard the, the new one. Yeah. Her voice is really good. It really she, is. She, uh, she did a song and is Bee Gees, not a Bee Gees, the Barry Gibb album that came out early last year too. Oh, okay. And I was like, she really does have a great voice. So yeah. Those are my two recommendations. I'm glad they did another one because I really enjoyed that first one a lot. And I was like, I hope that's not a one and done thing. So I'm glad they, and I've been meaning to check it out. Yeah. Give it a listen. I think you'd like, sometimes I might be introvert too. I think you'd really enjoy it. Our producer, uh, Declan Beyer and uh, peerless sound engineer. He, uh, he enjoys watching videos uh, made by this the, the famed hip hop producer Kenny Beats, and uh, Kenny Beats likes to take videos of himself as he's working in the studio. And he um, lately uh, took in uh, the band Idols. I, th- I don't know if I've talked about Idols. You did. You They're did. like the Clash, and uh, so the, these Brits cut. And they're British. And so these Brits come in and Kenny Beats is just like disgusted with them. He's like, so you want to rap? <laughs> like, let me tell you what he goes. You don't even know the five elements of hip hop. What are the five elements of hip hop? And he's like, I know the four <laughs> elements of hip hop. You wanker. And, uh, and Kenny Beats is like, no, you don't. And I'll tell you what they are. They're heavy bass, you know, sick beats graffiti i forget the fourth one the fifth one no british people <laughs> so you british people cannot rap it was it was pretty funny um this is shaping up to be one of the most classic jack Bex episodes ever because not only did you have my amazing gene shallot mustache yes. imitation you also yeah. have beef's british punk rocker Classically, I, I am from the lead. <laughs> Nothing bad. <laughs> Tell all your friends to listen to this one. Oh man, you'll think like, wow, Idols is really here. It's a <laughs> once in a lifetime yes. opportunity. <laughs> well, should we end with our with our musical uh dunking our submersion into a pool of jams i'm excited three what number are you at now 382 let's get into it uh let's do it uh tame impala the album is currents the big hit from the record is let it happen i tame impala it annoys the the <laughs> heck out of me. God, they're Australian too. So by rights, I should love them. Lately, I've just like I love Australian pop music, um, and um, so Tame and Pala should be right up my alley. Ah, no, that 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 falsetto just just 
and the synthesizers and it's all kind of like, oh, look, we're Fay and Twee. Yuck. Jesse, uh, my daughter, Jesse, frequent guest, uh, Jesse, likes Tame Impala. So I am just an old boomer. <laughs> doesn't understand music. But I told her, I said, you know what? It's my list. Out, Tame Impala. Out. I'm going to listen to it again. Yeah, I, I think you talked about it. When I did. When you I did. were participating. And you liked it, I remember. I liked it, but I want to listen to it again just to get more of an idea. I think it's me. I just, I, you know, I think it's his voice. I think that's the main thing. I just like, get a new singer and maybe I might. I feel like just all the songs sound the same too. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not always a bad thing, but here it annoyed me. Yeah, I, I got a. I think I listened to it a couple times. I want to listen to it one more time. Right. The three times theory. Yeah, you never know. Sometimes the albums grow on you. Uh, the next one, album 381, Leonard Skinnerd. Pronounced Leonard Skinnerd. Uh, this album rules. Oh, yes. Oh yes. This album, uh, this album should be higher than 381, in my opinion. I feel like um, they were everywhere, and then I feel like they were everywhere, and then you know the plane crash, and you know they were, and then they were no more, and it's like, and they and they just really disappeared, but. Um, that album has Tuesday's Gone, Give Me Three Steps, Simple Man, Things Going On, I Ain't the One, um, and of course, Freebird, you know, which. Yeah, it's got my three favorite Skinner songs. Yep. And three songs I would make a case for in a top 500 songs of all time. Yeah. Love so, Tuesday's Gone, love Freebird, love Simple Man. Yeah, so Freebird, um, you know, is is a jam. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a total jam. And it's, you know, it's now it's a punchline. Um, but uh, we opened, um, as you know, we opened White Trash Wedding at a funeral with that song. And it really, it absolutely set a mood. Um, just that beginning, that just that grand with the organ mm-hmm. and the build. I mean, it really, before even, and when we ended with just like the jams and, um, you know, it just, it, it lifted a crowd or it set a mood. And uh, I feel yeah, like- it's, it's a, it's jams and the lyrics are really good. The it's lyrics just are great. Excellent song. Yeah, it's one of those. I think I, I did this on Facebook a few years ago. What's a song you've heard a million times, but you still love? Freebird was one of mine. Right. So if you, you know, I've only heard the name Leonard Skinner, but you don't know anything about him, check out this record. It it should be higher. For me, it yeah, is I think so. top 150, possibly top 100 album. So Leonard Skinner, pronounced Leonard Skinner. And then the last one, Oh Joy. Oh, bliss. Get ready, Len, for jazz infusion. 
as Charles Mingus. Mingus, I um. Oh, oh, oh. I think this was one of the ones I liked, though. This is great. Yeah, I think this is one of the ones I like. This is tremendous, tremendous record. And, um, you know, there's so many. Um, the, my favorite is the Goodbye Pork Pie Hat, um, which is a, it's a slow, slow, beautiful song. I mean, it's how I don't see how anyone could play that and not be moved. Um, it's just really, um, and it's a lot of it is that you can you can really tell with this record that he was a fan of Duke Ellington, and which is weird because Mingus is pretty avant garde and he likes to do weird time signatures and he likes to play like a crazy bass line and. Uh, and then with like weird stops and starts and, you know, calls and responses kind of stuff. And uh, Duke Ellington's pretty conventional, but Mingus said, no, this guy's great. Ellington is terrific. And, um, you know, he did uh, the record. Um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue with Max Roach, Money Jungle. It's just the three of them, Ellington on piano, Mingus on bass and Max Roach on the drums tremendous so good it's a classic um and i wonder if if uh, money jungle is going to be on there because i like it better than mingus uh, um um but for me absolutely a top 500 album i would put it in the top 100 possibly even top 50 this album's great um and he wrote all his own songs which is also um impressive so those are my Rolling Stone top 500 immersions for the week. Only 381 more to go. I feel I'm getting a lot of good fan mail <laughs> from my mom on this, on these records. And so um, you also have Singapore Bernadette. Is, <laughs> I forgot about Singapore. Singapore Bernadette has enjoyed your. I forgot to tell you she she sent another complimentary letter the other day. Yeah, thank you, Singapore Bernadette. She says it's her favorite part of the recap. I've always, I've always your kind words when I'm low, and I just think I can't summon the energy to continue on this list. Um, it's Singapore Bernadette that keeps me going. It really is. Well, she says. This is why it gets top billing. This is why we do it last. She's like, I will endure Len's constant criticism of excellent basketball coaches just to wait for Beeves immersions. Boy, you know, going over the Chicago coaches, which, by the way, is the <laughs> subject of our 100th Jag Bags episode. Has made. I can't life. believe we, we missed it. It's the hundredth. I know both our staffs let us down. Well, my my staff is somewhere. My main staff guy is somewhere in Mexico, I think, with PMT. Um, wait, so you're wait? Things are patched up with Alex. Well, because you fired him, now you're saying he's your main staff guy. What what's well, going he, on? Well, he was my main staff guy until I fired him. Was that a Freudian slip? What's going on? Alex is back, isn't he? He's he. I think I want him to be back, but he is not back, mm. and I am sick about it. But story comes out. I knew you wouldn't stick your guns. Well, he'll be he'll be back soon. 
stay tuned because uh, next week we will not be recording uh, for the first time since Jag Bags has begun. We will skip a week. And that is because I will be undergoing a clandestine secret mission <laughs> with Andy Avalos, uh, who has agreed to be on my team, uh, none other than Mr. Jimmer Fredette, and uh, <laughs> me, wow. yes, me, Jimmer, Jimmer, uh, me, Jimmer, uh, Andy Avalos. <laughs> And um, and Mr. Jack McDowell, uh, the wow. four of us. Yeah, I've assembled a crack team of mercenaries, and we're going to go into Mexico and find new Daleks and bring him home. And wow, get home. stunning news! This is stunning news. Like, well, would never miss a Jag Bangs. I mean, this is the only uh, reason that I would do that. But uh, the the four of us, Jimmer, Jack. And Andy and Beeve will be undergoing a highly dangerous mission. You'll know us. Good luck. In Mexico. I know Avalos has got a lot of dirt under his fingernails after tussling with him last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he needs he needs uh, uh, Alex for his uh, role in uh, Spud Splash. So. but I feel a sense of Avalos. <laughs> I feel a sense of duty to bring him back. Poor Alex. And I'm oh, and a cliffhanger. And I've run out of coffee. So tune in two weeks from today, everyone. Yep. We'll be the guys in Mexico wearing red armbands for our own protection. Uh, we've worked out a deal with the government. So the government has given us red armbands. So therefore we cannot be detained or um, I don't know. What? What's wrong with this plan? I think this plan is amazing. Well, at least we get 100 episodes. Yeah. You think we should have blue armbands instead? Maybe blue armbands. Good luck. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck. Thanks very much for tuning in to Bag Bangs, <laughs> our recap episode. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Uh, please subscribe to us. We are on all social media platforms. Buy a Jag Bags t-shirt. My accountant bought one. and uh, Oh, he did? He did. That's great. He said, you'd like a t-shirt? He said, I'd love one. I love the Jag Bags. Um, so uh, thank you, Peter, for, uh, for the purchase. And you too can be a, a member of the Cool Club with the Jag Bags t-shirt. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Please follow us on social media. And when you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.